We're back for another Inside the U podcast. Visit the website InsideTheU.com, follow us on Twitter at InsideTheU, or you can email the show InsideTheUPodcast at gmail.com. This is Christopher Stock, and I'm here with David Lake. David, how are you? Good, good. Excited for this week. Ready to see if Miami can put this Florida State loss behind them, or if or if it's going to linger a little bit and, and kind of have a, a tough game against Virginia Tech. I guess we'll find out Saturday. Yeah, so we'll just get it. We'll talk about the Virginia Tech game. We've already done a podcast reviewing the Florida State game, so we'll just focus on Virginia Tech. We'll also answer some questions at the end of the show. Uh, I guess, David, how much have you seen of Virginia Tech, and and just kind of what what have you seen? What what's your initial impressions of them? Yeah, so I watched their recent game against NC State, um, and I watched them a little bit against Pittsburgh as well. Um, the NC State game, I think, what has been their best game of the season so far. So Miami's kind of getting them as they're getting better with each week, was which is a you know. Thing that Virginia Tech kind of does every year. They, they kind of improve with each week. Uh, but yeah, NC State, I think it's just kind of your typical Virginia Tech team that we saw against NC State. Uh, aggressive defense that likes to blitz on third down. And then kind of a, a quarterback who's a dual threat, likes to extend plays and has good athletes to throw to on the outside. And I mean, they have an, an emerging running game. It's it's not as strong as we've seen from Virginia Tech in the past. But, yeah, I mean, let's let's get into it more detailed, I guess. What are some things you noticed? Well, yeah, first off, just starting with Miami, um, you know, Brad Kai has got to bounce back. And he played well, obviously, David. You know, he played the 400 yards that stood out. But, he, but again, we've talked before, but he just has to be better all around. But um, the, the passing game with, with the weapons he has with Rashawn Scott, Stacey Coley, and Herb Waters, those three guys uh, going, the, the passing game should be fine. The big thing for Miami will be what what kind of improvements has the offensive line made within a week? You know, it's kind of hard to do, but they're just going to have to play better. And then also, you know, w- with that becomes the running game. Can Joe Yearby uh, run against this defense? Like you mentioned, the, the fronts that they provide. Uh, I, I also got to see that. I saw the Virginia Tech-NC State game. And then I, I remember, you know, I watched the, the Ohio State game at the opener um, there. So seeing a little bit of Virginia Tech, and I, I think that um, Miami running the ball will be a, a big key uh, if they're going to be able to, to do anything there. Well, what do you see with the Virginia Tech defense? What do you see against NC State uh, with the Virginia Tech defense? Yeah, so I think, you know, against NC State, they did relatively well against the run. Um that necessarily hasn't been something they've done well for the season, though. That that's kind of been their big weakness, really, is their run defense. Um, I think it's just because they're they're more of a smaller, fast, quick defensive front. So they're really good at rushing the passer. They're really good about beating a man one on one in space. Um, but if you have an offensive line that can lean on them a little bit there's going to be opportunities there for a running back. So, yeah, I mean, to me, this has got to be Joe Yearby's game. He's He's got to be a guy who gets, you know, 120 to 150 yards and just has a very strong showing. I think we saw that last year against Virginia Tech, um, you know, with Duke Johnson. Obviously, Duke is a level better than Joe Yearby, but Duke had a career game against Virginia Tech. He... Uh, 
he ran for 249 yards and i think he uh his long on the day was was only a, a 29 yard run so he was just getting consistent chunks throughout the game and really i mean brad didn't even really do much last year i get i mean statistically it's it's his worst game of his um career but but miami didn't even need a passing game last year against virginia tech sure one thing i noticed or what i noticed with the virginia tech rush defense was they they obviously respond to the fronts that they're seeing on offense so they're not afraid to throw six d, d linemen or really pack the box if it looks like it's a run um, i think that will be the key if miami's going to be able to disguise their runs well enough because virginia tech will will, will push the line um, they'll, they'll tighten their box and make it harder for them to run. Also, too, when they do that, they like to, you know, what you saw, I'm sure you saw it too, but just the defensive line, they like to spread it out and essentially make you run. Uh, there, there's holes through the line. If you can get past the initial line and get to that next level with the linebackers, there's openings there for bigger gains. Yeah. But it makes it hard for – it's hard because it is tight, but if you're able to get to that second level, um, there is extra yards to be gained there. Um, I, I saw NC State was clearly sometimes they were trying to um, to to go outside of the 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 tackles there, um, kind of spread them out, stretch them out, and, and get runs that way. And also one thing that Miami can expose because uh, you saw NC State do it, but they they threw a lot of underneath passes, you know, running backs or or quick yeah. passes to underneath to receivers and things like that. And Miami likes to do that anyways. Um, so I, I think you're going to see Miami try to exploit that. Uh, get Joe Yearby, Mark Walton, and some of these other guys uh, underneath um, and, and involved in the passing game. I think Virginia Tech's linebackers are not very good. It's not up to the typical standard that we expect from Virginia Tech linebacking core. So they're not a very good group. And it, like you said, if if Miami can, if Miami's O line can win that battle against the Virginia Tech D line in the running game, there's going to be yards there to had to have. Um, you know, I think, I think in terms of just a pass rush ability, I think this Virginia Tech defensive line is stronger than Florida State than what Florida State presented, just from a a pass rushing standpoint. Because Florida State is their D line was much better at at run defense than this Virginia Tech defensive line. Um, but just pass rushing, they put four guys out there that can really rush the passer, and it's not really reflected in their sack numbers yet but man they do get a lot of pressure on these quarterbacks and I think we saw I mean against a guy like Jacoby Brissett who's you know somewhat mobile uh, more mobile than than Brad but uh kind of more of a pocket passer once that that pocket can collapse quick with these Virginia Tech defensive tackles and uh you know if if Miami's interior on the O-line doesn't have a, a strong game, then then Brad will have a long day. Yeah, just going back to their linebackers that you talked about, only one of the top five tacklers on their team is a linebacker. And that kind of shows you exactly where their linebacker core, you know, where they are as a group. Um, you know, you mentioned the defensive line. Yeah, there's no doubt they stand out on uh, on tape. They, they've got guys up the middle. Their, their ends are athletic and make plays. And, and, and I it's funny you mentioned the stack thing because I looked at that too. And when you look at the stack numbers and you're just kind of a little surprised that it's not more, but they definitely will have pressure and it'll definitely be a challenge for Miami's offensive line. It almost comes at a, you know, every game, there's always somebody on the other team that does things well, but 
Miami's offensive line, just because of the struggles that they've had recently, it, it, this just isn't a good front for them to face to get some confidence because uh, they, they do appear right now to be a work in progress. And uh, whereas Virginia Tech's D-line uh, can create havoc and, and create a lot of issues, I think. Yeah, I mean, and this is nothing new, um, but, you know, Bud, Bud Foster, Virginia Tech's defensive coordinator, loves to pressure on third down. So, again, third down's going to be something to watch with this UM offense. They showed signs of of having success in the second half against Florida State. Let's see if they can keep that going. But, you know, if if this Virginia Tech defense gets Miami in third and long situations, they're going to attack Miami from all angles. They're going to send blitzes from every angle. And this week, Coach Golden said, you know, preparing for Virginia Tech's defense is kind of like preparing for Georgia Tech's offense in that they throw you so many different looks, uh, so many different blitzes. you got to be prepared for, for everything that, that's imaginable. Um, and then just transitioning, Chris, I guess, you know, we've talked about Virginia Tech's front seven. Um, I feel like it's, it's a talented group in the secondary. They, they kind of trust their guys to cover one-on-one. Um, their best their best corner, Fuller, was lost to the season, but um, they still definitely have guys. Brandon Faison is, is a guy who's big physical cornerback that, that can get his hands on some balls. Yeah, definitely. So I'm looking at their secondary, and, and definitely they jump out when you watch them. So I wrote down the, the height, weight of their top five guys. Just going to read it uh, their top, you know, in the secondary just to show you the size that they're dealing with. So you go uh, the leading tackle, uh, Chuck Clark, 6'1", 204. Uh, another safety, Adonis Alexander, 6'3", 197. Then the corners go 6'1", 201, 6'2", 196. And then they also, their nickelback, 6'1", 181. So everyone's 6'1", plus. Uh, and definitely, you mentioned, uh, you know, with Brandon Faison, you know, he stands out. He has eight, at, eight uh, excuse me, eight pass breakups already on the season. And watching the NC State game, seemed to gain, seems to be a guy that plays with a lot of confidence. And he actually, you know, it was 27-13 game. They're late. And uh, he broke up a, a tu- uh, what would have been a touchdown. He, he got his hands in there, so he's he's going to disrupt passes, and he's going to um, have his you know he's Miami's offense, Miami's receivers are going to have a tough time going against him. It will be a challenge, um, but you know they just went against Jalen Ramsey at Florida State, and, yeah. and, and were able to do some things there. So, but definitely their their secondary is impressive. Uh, their two of their top three guys are, are safeties, and they're tackling. Uh, all over the place and they're breaking up passes so the, the while the linebackers might struggle definitely i think the secondary uh excels and has some guys back there that that can be threats so if you're if you're virginia tech's uh defensive coordinator chris and from what we've seen from miami this year and kind of what we know about virginia tech from watching them a little bit this year um what what would you do, I guess, against Miami if you're Virginia Tech? Would you focus on uh, stuffing the run and kind of forcing Brad to win this game with one-on-one matchups? Or would you kind of put two safeties back and force Miami to establish the running game? Well, it's going to be interesting because what you mentioned before of what happened last year. You know, Duke Johnson runs wild. And I wonder if, you know, if you're the defensive coordinator, you know, Foster there at Virginia Tech, are you going to look at that and say, we've got to stop the run, we've got to stop him? But like you mentioned also, we, we believe Joe's a, a step below and the offensive line is not as good as it was a year ago. So I think if you're Virginia Tech, you have to have confidence that you can stop the run 
uh, with what you have uh, without bringing the extra guy down. And if I were them, I would, you know, uh, cover the receivers with, like I said, the two safeties back is a, is a one way to do it. You know, I'd press man and just make Miami's receivers beat you one-on-one uh, and go downfield and, and make Brad beat you. Um, and, and, you know, don't, don't let Miami just go and sit in pockets on their receivers, like go and run hitches and turn around and catch it. Cause they will do that all day. Um, the, the, ex- exactly what we hear all the time is they're an offense. I want to, you know, Brad Kai has been told and his mentality, you know, they're going to take what the defense gives them. And, and that's how they react. That's how they play as an offense. They're not one to establish themselves or they want to see what, you know, they kind of go, they'll just go with however they, right. wherever they feel the weaknesses are. So I, I would force Miami to do something and, uh, I, I would essentially sit back and, and, and trust what you have in the back seven. Yeah, and this this week at practice, Brad actually touched on that when um, looking at last year's game. He was saying all week they kind of prepared for Virginia Tech to stack the box and stop the run all week at practice last year. And uh, once it got to the game, Brad says they they were surprised that Virginia Tech wasn't doing that. They were kind of keeping two safeties back and, uh, you know, looking, I guess, to, to kind of stop that explosive passing game that they had with Philip Dorsett. So what Miami then does is, you know, feed Duke Johnson the ball. And, you know, it ended up working. It, it worked great. So we'll see, I guess, what, what Virginia Tech shows against Miami this year because, like you said, that's going to dictate what the Miami offense tries to do. Yeah, and especially when you look at what happened last week against Florida State, they couldn't run the ball, and I think Virginia Tech has to look at that and has to pinpoint certain things with the offensive line and say, okay, well, this is just not, you know, if the running back is a little different and the offensive line is clearly different than it was a year ago, and, and because it's a weak difference in the games, they have to look at it like they want to exploit that, and I, I assume that's what they'll, they'll want to do, and, and they'll, they'll probably come in with confidence that they can stop the run, and Miami's a team, obviously, Al Golden even mentioned it this week, you know, just that, of course, they want to be a balanced team. That's that's their mindset. That's what they want to do on offense. So if you're able to cut uh, one one avenue out, you know, if you're able to knock down the running game, you saw um, the, 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 the struggles that Miami can have if it is just one-dimensional. Yeah, and really, I mean, Virginia Tech wants, wants Miami to have to throw the ball around. So, I mean, with, with Virginia Tech's defensive line, the, their ability to pass rush, and then Virginia Tech's uh, talent in their secondary they want to force Miami to have to th- to air it out and throw the ball so uh, no doubt I mean Virginia Tech has to stop the run if Virginia Tech can't stop the run it's going to be an easy game kind of for the for the Miami offense I feel like one thing that that kind of stood out to me with that game too last week against NC State is you know they go down 10-0 and it doesn't look good either side of the ball and then you know, then they get some momentum, you know, they, they kind of get some momentum on both sides of the ball and started playing with some energy. And then all of a sudden they score three straight touchdowns and then they're in control and um, really took control of the game. It was a big win for them. Um, they're only three and three on the season, but uh, definitely they got, got momentum and they definitely looked much better uh, last game. Uh, again, assume that's their best game that they've played all year. And that's, that's from their standpoint, I'm sure that's what they want to be uh, heading into this, this coastal game. Yeah, I think their quarterback, Brendan Motley, started finding his rhythm uh, you know, early in that second quarter. He kind of found his rhythm uh, in the passing game. He was doing a nice job kind of extending plays and then just hitting the open receivers uh, that freed up after the DBs couldn't hang with them for those you know, four seconds or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
Brendan Motley is a guy that Virginia Tech needs to get in a rhythm early in the game because he kind of feeds off that. And uh, I, I feel like Virginia Tech certainly has talent at receiver. I kind of like their top three guys that they have and uh, Isaiah Ford, Cam Phillips, and Bucky Hodges. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Motley is somewhat of a limited passer, but he can get the job done. And he's another dual threat guy that, that Miami's seeing now for what the third or fourth straight game. Yeah, I and mean, if you guys saw Brenda Motley in the opener against Ohio State, uh, he's definitely a much he's definitely shown progress from that game to this one. Um, the, the thing about those he threw so he threw three touchdown passes in the second quarter, and like I said, he he got things going. And the thing about those touchdown passes that I liked when you saw it is all three of those touchdown passes um, were throws into the end zone, so it wasn't a, a throw it here and, and you know let your receiver run the last twenty yards or anything like that. All three were in in, in the end zone. Um, in different ways, you know, like you mentioned, he kept plays alive, but um, you, you got you got the sense that he was gaining confidence, and he threw some tough tough passes that game. You know, I, he was thrown to some sidelines, some cor- some cor- post corners, you know, things like that. He was um, freeing up some stuff on, on the receivers, and you mentioned the receivers. I think Isaiah Ford and Cam Phillips in particular have a lot of ability. Again, a couple guys with some size and and they seem to be able to make guys miss. So those are big play receivers, even though they don't have the depth at receiver. And they really are just going at a few guys. Um, those two guys can make plays, and um, they'll definitely be the top targets for Motley. Yeah, and one thing that stood out to me about um, NC State's defense against Virginia Tech is NC State kind of runs a similar scheme to what Miami does. It's a lot of zone a lot of read and react. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech, uh, Brendan Motley was was extending plays, and particularly Isaiah Ford, he had three touchdowns in the second quarter. Um, he was finding on two of those uh, touchdowns, he he just found the hole in the, in the zone, and, and Motley hit him as he extended the play. So that was something that kind of jumped out to me is, okay, they're going to be ready for – you know, I mean, Miami's personnel is better than NC State's, but it's a very similar scheme that that they are running uh, against Virginia Tech. Yeah, definitely. And then the the, the running game, um, you, you look at the numbers just initially from the season, and you take that in context, and it's looking like you know you got the the, the freshman Trevon McMillan. Um, you know, he leads the team in rushing, but you got some other guys getting carries. But if you look at last game, David, I don't know if you, you paid attention on the the carries distribution, but McMillan gets 11, quarterback Motley gets 9, then their fullback gets 8, and then their, their wide receiver, or it was a cornerback, they flipped a receiver, uh, he, he got 4 carries, and that was it. So really, McMillan's is, yeah. the, McMillan is the guy, but they, they're feeding their fullback, and, and Miami hasn't seen that, that you don't see that very often outside of Georgia Tech, but... You know the fullback gets eight carries, and they're not afraid to run him at any down and distance. And and it, it just he's definitely a physical guy that can get downfield a little bit for a fullback. Yeah, he's definitely a threat, particularly in short yardage situations. They're going to give him the ball in those short yardage situations because he is a powerful runner. He's also very good in pass protection. So you know, in a third and long, uh, Virginia Tech will throw three or four receivers out there and put Sam Rogers, their fullback in the backfield and he'll help protect Motley and, and give him some extra time. So, yeah, I mean, that is interesting that, that they do use the fullback that much. Um, you know, not something you really see in today's college football. Um, in terms of McMillan, he's a guy who's kind of emerged this season with each game. He just seems to, 
you know, make plays, make some big runs. He's got he's got some nice speed to him for his size. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the Virginia Tech backfield is not as talented as it has been in the past when Virginia Tech was, was definitely more of a power. Um, but there is a threat there. And really, too, I mean, you you got to be cognizant of Motley. I mean, he leads he leads Virginia Tech in rushing attempts this year, so that's another thing Miami definitely will have to spy out um, this week. Yeah, and just kind of reading a little bit about McMillan because uh, obviously didn't know much about him a freshman, but uh, well, first off, I, I like his ability, I like his talent, I like his speed. He, that that big touchdown run late in the game was was big time out of him, and obviously got some good blocking there. But reading about him, he, he was a guy that that was a quarterback in high school, ran for about fifteen hundred, threw for about fifteen hundred his senior year. So and, and he's made the conversion to obviously being a just a running back, which made me think about you know Trayon Gray, for example, at Miami. He's a guy that played quarterback and is making the transition to just running back. And Al kind of mentioned him this week, and and somebody asked how he's doing that kind of thing, and. And I know fans always want to know how Trayon Gray's doing, but one thing that got brought up was, uh, you know, and Al reminded everyone again, he's he was a quarterback and he's still learning the position. So I, we we keep talking about Trayon and maybe we'll see him in the mix. But kind of listening to Al Golden this week, it sounds like uh, Trayon still has some learning to do, and and yeah. uh, he's clearly behind those two guys. And um, while we expect him to to his talent to show at some point, it, it's hard to expect when, um, especially when Golden's continually to talk about how. Uh, he he's still a work in progress, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know the staff doesn't seem too high on Tryon at this point. I mean, they like his potential, they like his talent, but in terms of of making an impact this season, I d- I just don't think they trust him yet. But yeah, I mean, sim- he is he is similar to McMillan, the Virginia Tech running back, in that McMillan likes to really work those edges, and uh, you know that's something we've seen that that this UM defense has struggled with. Um, this year and during the Al Golden era is fast running backs who can kind of beat this defense to the edge. So that'll definitely be something to watch this week too. Yeah, and they're definitely going to want to try to run the ball. And again, I think that they're finding that uh, that McMillan can play. You know, I think they're he's averaging yeah. over seven yards a carry. And I think they're you know again they're, they're seeing what he can do. And and again that that touchdown came late in the game, so you got to figure that they're going to want to even get him more involved maybe than than initially thought of yeah definitely and you know we've touched on it many times in the past but Miami's fourth quarter defense they got to be ready for that they got to be up for stopping the run in the fourth quarter David what what do you think uh what I'm not going to ask for a prediction so to speak but how do you expect the guys to, to Miami to respond they've lost two in a row and I think you, you could tell that they're pretty disappointed with the loss against Florida State um how do you expect them to respond and um to, on Saturday against Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be ready. Uh, I think, you know, but I mean, being ready doesn't necessarily win a, uh, equal a win um, in this Al Golden era. Um, I think, you know, they they've they were definitely disappointed from from the Florida State game as they should be. I mean, that's totally understandable. In state rival, you got to give it your all, and when you come up short, that's disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like they have put, they, they have put that game behind them. Um, and yeah, I mean, they know, they know they still have a chance for the coastal division. Um, that's the goal. And so they, they have to be ready for Virginia Tech this week or else that goal kind of 
already goes down the toilet to be honest if they don't win this week yeah it feels like that's what we always, it feels like when you know covering this team i don't i feel like it, we we hear that statement so much of you know we can still win the coastal you know i feel like that that statement yeah. gets said all the time about you know after losses and they always say it that you know they always kind of make you know say that as far as you know mathematically they're still in it and and all this stuff and they'll probably you know and then I'll get to the point if they keep losing you know what we will control what we can control and that kind of stuff you know it's it's very similar talk as what we've heard uh almost all, all the other years too so yeah they're going to have to bounce back and you've got to win we talk so much about winning you know they they have to win this game to be wherever they want to be at the end um, this is obviously a, a big game, and you can't continue to drop games because uh, all of a sudden you, you will be mathematically out of it. Yeah, I mean, Duke and Pitt are already 2-0 and in conference play. So if Miami drops this week against Virginia Tech, they're sitting 0-2. Next week they play Clemson. You know, that's likely 0-3. So, yeah, this is a must-win week. If If your goal is to win the Coastal Division, you have to win this week. Yeah, and just looking at Duke, for example, you know, their schedule, they don't play a Florida State and a Clemson, and, and that's just the way that it works out this year. You know, Miami does have to play uh, a couple of the harder teams on, on the crossover divisions, but that's just what happens with when you don't have a when you have an imbalanced schedule, and um, it just happens to be in a season where Miami needs it the most as, as far as Al Golden's concerned, you know, and um, keeping the pressure off of them and, and finally trying to win a division. It's just, you know, when you when you add those things up, it just, again, it makes this game so much bigger uh, when you're trying to get to to essentially, you know, the 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one mark in your division. Yeah, I mean, it's unfair, but it is what it is. You got to beat the teams in front of you. Miami should be able to beat this Virginia Tech team. So if they don't, it's on Miami, you know? I mean, there's no excuses. Like, it, if they don't beat Virginia Tech, it doesn't even matter, really, that Florida State and Clemson are on the schedule. No. I mean, you, you can't. Go ahead. No, just, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, we talk about, and again, yeah, there's no excuses to be made anymore. You know, I, again, you've got to win. Uh, there's, there's other, there's many other programs around the country winning games, and, and uh, this is the next one up for Miami. And, and David, what we've seen, too, obviously, is, uh, Miami plays, they're definitely, I'm not saying they're great, but they definitely look a little different when they're at home. Um, and yeah. I think Miami fans should consider that when they're looking ahead to this game. And um, they, they've struggled so much away from home. Brad Kaya's numbers obviously a lot different away from home. Uh, this one's at home. And, you know, that afternoon kickoff, they just seem to be a little bit different team. So, um, you know, and, and there, was, there were some pieces to look at, some positives from last week, um, that if it continues, that that if that, if you're able to duplicate some of that, but but then again, everyone knows that's Miami's biggest game of the year. Um, it's very easy for the for guys to get up for that one, and um, you know, and play their best or at their best, and they're gonna have to do that all season long. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, this is a game Miami should win. If they don't win, they have no one to blame but themselves. Definitely. Uh, let's get into questions before we get out of here. I guess just starting off, you guys can ask questions through our message boards on InsideTheU.com. Also on Twitter, we'll take questions from there. Uh, let's just start with, with a, a Twitter question, and we'll get through these questions fairly quickly. Uh, Robert Morales, which is at RJMKane2006, asks, can the offensive line improve enough for this team to get to 9-3 and three on the season? I mean, we'll see, right? I mean... I think we'll find out this week, to be honest. I think we'll see, uh, because now the competition is 
higher and it's more consistent week after week after week. So we'll see if if this offensive line can show improvement from uh, the Florida State game. I would say, honestly, I don't see any easy fixes, any easy answers for this offensive line because the personnel at this point is what it is. Um, you know, we've we've discussed in previous podcasts how you can maybe leave a tight end on the line and that he could help with the the blocking situation there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think you might see marginal improvement, but I don't think it's going to be a big enough improvement to to get this team to like you said nine and three. Yeah, I think the thing when you, when you talk about the offensive line, you can't even say that they're underperforming or they have all this potential no. and they're just not living up to it. That that's just not the case with what, where this group is. They, they just don't have a lot of guys that are um, capable, or I just don't think they have a lot of guys that are capable of being big time players. So. Um, it, it is going to be a work in progress and probably a struggle throughout the season, and unless they're able to to get you know be a cohesive unit sooner than 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 I expect. But yeah, it, it's hard to imagine that it will. And you know, we talked about the tight end so much, David, about maybe some adjustments that they can do. And I asked you know offensive corner J- James Coley this week if that was something he was considering you know, for run blocking and pass blocking to help the offensive line. And he, he said absolutely, and the answer, absolutely yes, and, and kind of kept it short. And we know, uh, talking with James, he doesn't want to divulge too much, so he kind of left yeah. it at that. And, and I, that, to me, means I, I do think that that's something they're considering. Um, and they've also talked about getting a couple guys more involved, and, and we'll see how that works. But uh, it, it, there's no quick fixes, and, and this will be a challenge. And, and Yeah, um, I mean, it's tough because the – Really, the offensive line is overmatched from an athletic standpoint. There's just not many good athletes on the offensive line. They're all kind of guards, maybe right tackles. Um, so yeah, I mean, in pass rush or pass block situations, they're going to struggle against athletic defensive lines. Yeah, I think that's what you saw against Florida State, and that's when you start seeing the holding calls just to try to. Uh, you know, do something uh, to, so Brad doesn't get hit. So definitely something to watch. A lot of questions looking at the message boards. A lot, so a lot of questions. People are curious about the offensive line. Um, another another thing. What, uh, here, just going to the next question. Shad fourteen nineteen said, you know, our run defense has been leaky this year. Do you guys see that as something Virginia Tech will try to get going early to open up the passing game for Isaiah Ford and the other receivers? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think they will do a lot of zone read with Motley. I think they'll do a lot of quarterback design runs with Motley. And then I think, you know, they'll also try and work McMillan uh, on the edges with those with those types of runs. And, you know, I kind of expect them to have success, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Miami Hoyas wants to know, you know, and I, I think a lot of fans kind of feel this way without actually putting it into words, but just kind of, so will things get better against Virginia Tech or will it be the same old mess? I mean, that's essentially what everyone wants to know with the way the losses have come last year, the three and two this year. Are things going to start turning around like the players and coaches believe it will? Or how do you kind of see, uh, I guess, the, just a general question, David, of um, things getting better? Yeah, I mean, I think there's the I think there's the chance that, that they show signs of things getting better. I think it all hinges on the running game on both sides of the ball. So if Miami's offense can get Joe Yearby running, that's going to really get that offense going again. And the passing game's going to open up. Joe Yearby will have a big day, and Miami's offense will look very good. I think on defense, 
if Miami can stop the run, that's going to go a long way because Virginia Tech really doesn't want to have to rely on throwing the ball around a bunch of times in this game. They're they're just not equipped to do that with their quarterback. So if Miami does well on offense and defense in the running game, I think they could show some positive signs. And kind of going through, again, a lot of these questions about the offensive line, and King Reezy wants to know, essentially, with the offensive line. But, you know, kind of looking back, how big is the Taylor Gadbois loss? You know, just because Taylor uh, was a starter last year. And obviously, uh, last year, Taylor was better than Sonny Adago and Trevor Darling, I think. Yeah. Um, he, he it's was a big loss. Yeah, it, it definitely. Especially, and, and you knew that when it happened. Uh, I think everyone that kind of followed the team knew that that was a piece that, that they needed going into this year. Because the offensive line has been a question mark as soon as the season ended. Um, so you lose three starters, Taylor makes it four. Um, so that it was definitely going to be a question mark regardless. Yeah. I mean, and, and let's not act like Taylor is yeah, Eric flowers, but he's definitely an upgrade over what they have now. He would definitely be, um, a starter on this offensive line and, and, you know, he'd be a leader too. He's a senior or an upperclassman. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it would have been a boost to have Taylor on this offensive line. Kane's fan in SC wants to know, how is Mark D'Onofrio, the defensive coordinator, going to put more pressure on the quarterback? Oh, I think I think we all know by now that this is kind of what they're going to do. Um, it's really not much anything different. I think one thing we saw against Florida State that could generate more pressure is they played al Qadin Muhammad more. So giving him more snaps will in turn... Uh, help generate more of a pass rush. So I would just expect to see more Muhammad on the field. Yeah, and I think the that that's, again, you, this is kind of what we've seen from the defense, and I wouldn't expect anything drastically different. Um, one thing that they've done in the past is they like to blitz off that maybe that nickel or uh, Deion Bush at a safety position blitz with him, but it almost feels like every time you see Deion Bush close to the line, you almost know it's coming. So I don't know how much how effective that's been. Um, it seems like, remember earlier in the year we saw Corn Elder blitzing? Yeah. That doesn't seem to happen very much anymore, if it has. Um, yeah. So the blitzes are few and far between. Um, they don't come from a lot of different areas. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't expect that to happen this week. I think they're just, again, uh, you know, kind of using a coaching thing. I think they, they believe in trusting the process and just kind of hammering out what they're doing, and eventually things will just get better. I th- so I think that that's how they plan on getting more pressure. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, this is what they are, and they're going to stick with it. Um, and again, the final question here with Canes fan and SC again, because I think a lot of people kind of have this question, is the team fired up for the game, or do you think they're broken following the the, the loss to Florida State? Um, I wouldn't say broken, but I wouldn't say fired up. I would just say, you know, they're kind of... I don't know. I guess the way the best way to describe it is business like. I mean, they just, you know, this is that's the mentality that Golden wants uh week after week is, you know, treat every opponent like the same. And so that's kind of how they're treating Virginia Tech. So, you know, it's it's not an extreme. It's not fired up and it's not broken. It's in the middle, and that's just kind of what we've seen during the Al Golden era. Yeah, I think if fans came out to practice or if they were to interview or talk to players, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that they would know uh where the team was at, you know, if they had won the week before or lost the week before or or anything. I don't think that they, you know, or like last week, you know, they wouldn't have known 
that a big game was coming up on Saturday. If you just dropped him into a practice, you just wouldn't know. That doesn't ever feel like an extra. It never feels like an extra feeling as at practice or talking to players to me. And that's right. certainly been different from covering this team in years past. You definitely could tell what what the vibe was with the team, uh, with where they stood. But yeah, I just think that they're you know they kind of have the mentality of it is what it is and look to bounce back and put that one behind us and that whole thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, their their line is, you know, we're going to prepare for Virginia Tech like we pre- prepared for Florida State, like we prepared for Cincinnati. You know, they're they're confident in the way that they prepare is the best way to do it. So, you know, they they like this even-keeled type mindset and that's that's what we've seen this week as well. So, we'll uh we'll definitely see what happens on Saturday. The guys have talked all week about um, you know, staying in the race and, and Al Golden too. Al Golden knows kind of the pressure that's on him. So we'll see how they do against Virginia Tech. And they're definitely going to have to play well to beat Virginia Tech, particularly on defense. And, and to me, it feels like Virginia Tech has confidence coming in, uh, more confidence than you would, you would expect from a 3-3 three and three team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we said, they're coming off their best game of the season. So they're playing well going into Miami. And yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech, Miami, or Virginia Tech and Miami games – are always good games. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a a little bit of a rivalry for Miami. So it'll be interesting, like you said, huge implications with Miami's coastal division run. So we'll see what happens Saturday. And if you're looking for something exciting to watch, watch, watch the receivers. Miami, you know, Stacy Coley, Rashawn Scott had huge games against Florida State. I think that's something to be excited for. Uh, Saturday and moving forward the rest of the season because those guys really stepped up and if they got if they get that kind of production and and make those type of big time plays throughout the rest of the year uh, it could be fun to watch those two guys play yeah and it's you know they'll have plenty of chances against Virginia Tech like Florida State Virginia Tech trusts their corners to to go one-on-one with guys so you know hopefully again those you know Stacy and Rashawn can win those battles again this week Thanks again for listening. Thanks for the support. Uh, for more information on the Hurricanes, obviously visit InsideTheU.com. Uh, plenty of discussion from the fans on there. If you guys haven't seen the message boards and you're just checking out the podcast, David, good talking to you. And uh, thanks again for listening. Again, follow us on Twitter at InsideTheU, or you can email the show, InsideTheUPodcast at gmail.com. David, we'll talk to you later. All right. It was fun. Thanks. Thanks, guys.